Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Wingstop. It's weekend of the NFL season already underway. So many exciting matchups to look forward to, starting with a big one in Pittsburgh. So, of course, we go to RC. Hey, Ryan. Well, the big thing is this. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, how do you put pressure on Trevor Lawrence? And can you keep this team in the game until it's late and make that big play? We've seen T.J. Watt close out games on multiple occasions this year. Can Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Najee Harris make enough plays where this defense is in that spot late in the game? And then we watch the future Hall of Famer, T.J. Watt, or all pros like Mika Fitzpatrick come up with plays to get the dub on the scoreboard. I'm excited to see number one versus number two pick go head-to-head. And as great as C.J. Stroud has played, reminder, the Carolina Panthers passed on him to go with Bryce Young at that number one pick, and they're happy about that. I want to see what connection continues. Is it Bryce Young to Adam Thielen, or is Mm -hmm. it C.J. Stroud to Nico Collins? That connection has been spectacular. The Bryce to Thielen one has picked over the past couple weeks. I want to see both of those connections this Sunday. Cowboys Saints look we know that this Dallas defense is number one in pressure rate and we know how Matthew Stafford has struggled so far this year being under pressure will Dallas be able to generate that with a four-man rush is what I want to see that back end is compromised the Trayvon Diggs injury is still looming large but right now I want to see if the Dallas Cowboys can put enough pressure on Matthew Stafford if not he can carve any defense in the NFL up Hey, what about the game of the week, fellas? Bengals at the Niners. Matchup of teams who've met in a couple of Super Bowls, haven't played each other since week 14 of 2021. Bengals have won a bunch of games since starting 0-2. Their next six are against opponents at 500 or better. The Niners have lost two straight after starting 6-0 or 5-0. Exactly 17 points only in each of their losses. And Brock Purdy's status is in question. As we welcome you to Friday NFL Live, I'm Hannah Storm along with Dan Orlovsky in studio. Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Jeff Darlington is going to be along some things. Yes, hello. We are going to start with Thursday Night Football. The Bucks at the Bills. All right, here we go, Dan the man. You know they've been off to really slow starts, the Bills in the first half. This was impressive on a second and two. Josh Allen scrambling for the 13-yard touchdown. I love the no hesitation. He sees the defensive tackles kind of split. The the C opens up and he takes it in himself. And that was all about the rookie tight end. He was the only active tight end with Dawson Knox on IR. Dalton Kincaid gets his first NFL touchdown. Yeah, I love the fact that when Josh leaves the pocket, he listens and goes with him. And then the easy jump into the stands, his first career touchdown. Baker Mayfield wasn't done connecting with Mike Evans, a 24-yard touchdown on a fourth and 10 and a two-point conversion. A drive that they needed. They needed to try to find a way to get this to a one-score game. See how it grazes right off the top of that defensive back. So I'm a tremendous concentration by Mike Evans. Yeah, too bad he only had three catches last night. Baker Mayfield, Hail Mary in the end. Absolute launch from Baker Mayfield, <laughs> oh, 60 man. plus yards. And Chris Godwin's down there to catch. Maybe if the ball gets tipped, it doesn't. And he peeks Woo. around just a fraction of a second late. Almost a huge touchdown for Tampa Bay, but Buffalo finds a way to win. Yeah, 24 to 18, really good Thursday night game. Josh Allen undefeated on Thursday night. He is 6-0. This was his 10th career game also with at least 300 passing yards, multiple passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. 
That's actually the second most in NFL history. You can probably guess who he is trailing because it's right up there on your screen, Tom Brady. Even more impressively, though, look at that. Allen is in his sixth season, and all the other quarterbacks on this list played at least 15 seasons. Also, doing it with that banged-up right shoulder, uh, which was momentarily a concern in this one. But he completed 78% of his passes. RC, what did you take away from that game last night? You know what? Josh Allen combined some holidays last night, right? <laughs> he was a little bit of Halloween. He was passing out candies <laughs> and sweets and goodies. To oh, no. Abe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid getting involved and also involving the running backs. And then you look at the other side, he was Christmas, right? Every Christmas, Santa Claus makes a miracle. He's a big fat man that gets <laughs> in a sleigh and has reindeer carry him around, and he brings <laughs> toys to everyone. He's something of a superhero, and that's what Josh Allen did when he used his legs. He made the plays that went above the X's and O's, and that is the formula for this offense. Get him involved, get him in rhythm with easy throws, RPOs, spreading the ball around, yeah. and then when he has to go above and beyond, we know he can do that, but he didn't have to do it every snap. It was a masterful game plan by Ken Dorsey and great execution by Josh Allen. RC, that's a great point. I'm glad we found out more than Stefan Diggs plays for the Buffalo Bills <laughs> at the wide receiver position last night as well. Yeah. But the other thing, too, Dan pointed this out when they played New England. He, they had answers for pressure, and we saw it yes. um, throughout the game. But even in a critical time late in the game with two minutes, he needed to convert a third down to Stefan Diggs. He understands that the slot corner comes off. Now, I don't know what the hell Todd Bowles was thinking in this particular situation, mm -hmm. but I guess you try to heat him up if you don't think you can stop from passing the ball. But these are the type of plays that goes unnoticed for Josh Allen, but these are the ones that if he consistently makes and not pull this ball down and try to create something else as opposed to just converting the third down and being able to continue forward with a drive that critical, then this team can absolutely yeah. be what we saw them be offensively last night. I just like that he had answers for pressure, Dio, yeah. after we saw him struggle against uh, Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah, totally agree. Th their offense for me last night was like the Fast and the Furious. They just kept running the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, <laughs> there was like 14 RPOs ran. It was just different formations, and they executed them really well. Uh, Hannah, you talked to Dawson Knox on IR. They were living in 11 personnel, one back, hey. one tight end. And it'll be interesting to see because it was good. It was really good. I think their 12 personnel is good as well. So mm -hmm. how they manage those two personnel groupings will be interesting when Dawson Knox come back. I, I'd like to get your guys' perspective, RC and Marcus, on. I saw a bunch of three safeties played defensively. We've talked about Matt Milano and Tredavious mm -hmm. White and how are they going to replace them. And it looked pretty good. You know, they were dropping yeah. down Poyer or Micah Hyde at certain situations and playing them at linebacker level. And it certainly helped the pass game. My only concern, RC, maybe you could hit, is, is like, what happens when they play a Baltimore and here comes 12 personnel, one back, two tight end run game, yeah. or they play even a Jacksonville or a Kansas City? While I liked what I saw in that three safety package, is that sustainable versus teams question. that can kind of mm -hmm. ground and pound? Well, the, the big thing about this game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't run the football. Right. And right. so maybe this is something yes. by game plan yes. or week to week <laughs> okay. that Sean McDermott does, knowing he's playing against a team that's heavy 11 personnel. Now you keep your all-pro yeah. level players in Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde on the field 
drop them into the box and against the run, you want them to be the unblocked hitter. Whereas against the pass and 11 personnel, you're now involving them in the hook area, in the curl flat area, also able to man up on tight ends. I thought it was a great idea and also a great thought by Sean McDermott, and maybe that's what changes every mm. week now that Matt Milano is on injured reserve for the rest of the season. Yeah, and for the most part, they take their best player out of the game, Mike Evans. All right, so the Bills pull did a half game of the Fins in the AFC East. They're going to play the Bengals next Sunday night. But in the meantime, the Bengals are at the Niners. San Francisco among several teams with quarterback questions. And for the latest, we're joined by Jeff Darlington. So let's start there with Brock Purdy. What can you tell us, Jeff? Hannah, we've got a lot of important news here. We'll start with Brock Purdy. Very interesting. He reported concussion symptoms on the plane ride home on Monday night, was put into protocol on Tuesday. By all accounts, we all expected him not to be able to play on Sunday. Sam Darnold would start, right? But in 48 hours, he was already through four phases of the concussion protocol. Kyle Shanahan not willing to say that Purdy won't play in this game. It is still very possible that he could be cleared for contact and ultimately be under center. Like I said, though, it'll be Sam Darnold, if not him. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, dealing with a neck injury. He's already been ruled out against the Jets. Now, I was speaking with a source with the Giants who pointed out in the wake of Brian Dable's comments saying that he wasn't willing to commit to whether Daniel Jones would be able to play at all again this season. This source essentially told me if that was the case right now, we already have him on injured reserve. They have not done that, so they really do feel like Daniel Jones will be back sooner than later. Brian Tannehill also ruled out due to his high ankle sprain. Uh, this is something they feel like they avoided the possibility of surgery, but he won't be able to play in this game against the Falcons. Interestingly, it feels a little bit like a quarterback competition in college with Malik Willis and Will Levis both being expected to play in this game. Uh, who's going to start? Who's going to play the most? Mike Brable doing a good job of keeping that a mystery. Check out this list of injury updates here. Justin Fields ruled out just recently with that dislocated thumb. We've got two guys in the secondary for the Jets clearing concussion protocol, so they should be back in the game. I want to get to Kyler Murray, though. That's a very interesting one. Jonathan mm. Gannon, the head coach, saying we'll see if he plays on Sunday. He has actually been removed from the injury report, but we have to watch the injury report today for a designation for that game. If he is not listed as questionable, uh, doubtful, or any of those designations, he will have to be activated to the roster. So it is very possible at this point that Kyler Murray could be making his season debut in this game. Wow, 10 and a half months removed from tearing his ACL in week 14 last season. And a reminder, he signed that five-year, $230.5 million contract extension. That begins next season. Ooh. All right, we are just getting started on NFL Live. The first and second overall picks in the NFL draft facing off for the first time on Sunday. Dan is going to show us why C.J. Stroud has had the edge so far this season. And the Browns and the Hawks on a roll, both sitting at 4-2. Do workers think that that Cleveland defense and backup QB can go into the Hawks' nest and steal a win? Stay tuned. NFL Live is presented by Wingstop. Bring the flavor.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Don't make sense you ain't built for this. this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live. Presented by Wingstop. Well, this will be a good one. The top two picks from this year's NFL draft will be in the limelight on Sunday when Bryce Young and the Panthers host C.J. Stroud and the Texans Young, as you know, is still looking for that first win in his young career. Stroud has the Texans off to a 3-3 three and three start, and he has the benefit of playing on a Texans team that ranks 8th in the NFL in scoring defense. Young has played with a Panthers defense that has allowed 31 points per game, putting the pressure on that offense. Ahead of their first matchup, Carolina head coach Frank Reich was asked this week if he felt they selected the right guy, number one. Always said, I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I like all those. I like, I've said this many times. I like that whole quarterback draft. I think they were all really good prospects. I think they're all going to have really good NFL careers. Um, my eyes and our eyes were on Bryce Young. And um, from start to finish, we got the guy for us. Honestly and personally, watching the film and watching every game of his, I don't think he's he in, in any way, aspect, or form, he's playing bad. Um, uh, that's what people think if you're not winning or like um, you have a turnover here and there. Uh, Bryce is playing some really good football. Um, so I just don't think people watch in depth. Like if you're a quarterback, you know. Um, so I think he's playing really well. Hey, how much do you love the fact that T.J. Stroud said that, yeah. um, which really speaks to just the kind of leader that he is and the kind of way that he's comported himself uh, as a young quarterback there in Houston. Marcus, what's your assessment of these two? Yeah, first of all, I think both are going to be really, really good quarterbacks. Uh, CJ is playing phenomenal out of his mind right now for a rookie. Nine touchdowns, one pick like we showed on the graphic. And then Bryce has six and four, but these are not the same teams right now. 
I think CJ has afforded a better group of yeah. wide receivers, young guys that can uncover very well. We talked about at the draft when Dan and RC and I and Mina, we talked about how well the Texans were actually built that not a lot of people paid attention to. The offensive line was really good. They ran the ball well. And if people think back to last year, the Texans didn't win a lot of games, but they pushed a lot of teams mm -hmm. to the brink of games. They were in it in four quarters. And I think CJ is making up for some of those fourth quarter mm -hmm. situations that they, they were in last year that they couldn't get it done. And also when you look at Bryce Young, we talked about the new staff with Frank Wright. We talked about it being quarterback heaven with everybody in place and the infrastructure. This team has to be built out a little bit more. I don't think this offensive line is playing as well as we thought they would play and the complimentary run game, which every rookie needs. I think all of these things will start to take shape. Too early to write anything about these guys outside of what we're seeing in the moment. But I think both, like Frank Wright said, will be very good quarterbacks for a long time in this league. Both of these young men are going to be very good players. And I agree with Marcus that CJ is in a better position, I think, even than we spoke of coming up uh, on the draft in April. But when you look at what CJ Stroud is doing now, why are any of us surprised? every level at an accurate rate. We saw that at Ohio State. He's a guy who's showing that he can be a leader of men and a leader of a locker room. We saw that at Ohio State. The only reason people are confused or anyone is surprised is because you would listen to all the negativity that said he had to be dual threat or he had to run. Since when? Since when does an elite pocket passer have to also be Lamar Jackson outside of the pocket? C.J. Stroud is doing everything we knew he could do, and he's taking it to the next level by getting a team that had trouble winning games last year, two spots where they can win by executing in the fourth quarter as well. Quarterback of the Houston Texans for a long time, yeah. and everyone in that organization, including D'Amico Ryans, should be happy that they won a game last year in Indianapolis that they shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, probably the most, and I think that's really well said, RC. The most surprising thing, I guess, out of C.J. Stroud's performance is the best part of it has been on the hardest down. I mean, on third down, he's been not one of the best young quarterbacks. He's been yes. one of the best quarterbacks mm -hmm. in football. So like, coming out of the bye, what I'm interested to see is can he be better on the easier downs? I mean, third down is the hardest down of ball. And if you look at the difference of their offense and certainly his performance, not like on early downs is bad, but could you imagine if his early down performance somewhat starts to match that late down, third down performance? We're not talking about just a nice story of rookie of the year. Right. We're talking about a team that might be in the playoffs for Houston, yeah. at least playing meaningful games. So can they be better on early downs? CJ, I think John Mechie matters there a little bit. And then can they run the football in early downs a little bit more efficiency? They're bottom five in the NFL running the ball. For Bryce Young, if you ever want to know how ridiculous is, it is that how we treat quarterbacks in the NFL, mainly young ones, Bryce Young is completing 65% of his passes and has six touchdowns and four picks. And we talk about him like he's an absolute bum. It's wild. And yeah. so coming out of the bye, yeah. I want to see if you go back to those first, that first half against Miami, their last game, he was so decisive early with the football. Can they bottle that in Carolina? Yep. And what were the concepts? How did he see it? What was the defense situationally stuff? Mm. And kind of carry that over for the rest of the season. Then I think we start to see an even better performance by Bryce. Yeah, I mean, so much goes into it, right? The talent around you, your situation, your coach. 
uh, the cupboards bare for those teams that pick high. But I tell you what, D'Amico Ryans has infused yeah. so much of that winning Texans culture back into Houston as a former Texan star. We I was are just going to say Houston. We're all out. on the yeah. Texans. How no, you that? guys, you know, the Astros didn't get it done. So. Oh yeah, thanks a well, lot yeah. for us long. Yeah. Well, you know how that, you know what happens there. <laughs> yeah. All on the Texans. See, we took the bill. Guys, I mean, someone jumped ship last night. Guys, someone jumped ship. The Texans are three. Yeah, I'm about to favorite. jump ship again. Marcus, help us. No. You're welcome, Buffalo. You can. All right. Thank you, you, you H Town. Moving win. along. You got yeah. Buffalo that win. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen. Yeah. Well, we all went down together. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got some other picks coming <laughs> out that we disagree on. Um, actually, these two fellas, though, Young and Stroud, you saw Stroud talk so nicely about Young. They've known each other since middle school. They played hoops against one another. Here's how Young answered a question when asked who got the better of whom on the hard court. We have different games. Like I'm more of a point. Like, like I'm more of a point. He he's a shooter. Like he can shoot. He's got a strap. He's a shooter off the catch type of player. I'm more on the ball. So like, uh, but we've yeah. No, we're he he can hoop for sure. So of course we have to go to Swagoo. Oh, I mean, yeah. won the Louisiana State title as a senior who <laughs> averaged 23 oh, points. 15. I also won the Louisiana State title as a senior in hoops as well. Did you? You did? Hannah. Yes, Hannah. 1997, all Metro. What was your average? Yeah, what was your average? I only averaged 11 points a game. I averaged, I averaged 11 points a game. Six that's, a good, that's a good guy. That's a good Four that's steals. A good game. I was all around. That's a good guy. I, I did what I was supposed to do. Ryan, Ryan, were you playing? I, yeah, I couldn't shoot, Hannah. I could not shoot. <laughs> you were, so you were like, yeah, I couldn't shoot. I don't want to like, get myself you're like in trouble. like stealing thunder. I mean, Swagoo, I don't know. How would you describe this, your game? Oh, no. Man. No, no, he ain't stealing my thunder. I was just, I was, I was a hooper. I was a, I was a thirty, a thirty and ten guy a night in high school. So I, it's all good. <laughs> CJ, hey, I will say this though. I will say this. The way he that, the way that man. Bryce Young just explained how they play ba basketball is exactly how they play football. Okay. CJ is a sniper. You remind me of yes. the football. You remind yeah. me of Miller. Yeah. <laughs> 30 and 10, you were 23 and 15, but that's what good. What you about to say? What you about to say? What you about to say? Go ahead, Dad. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. Oliver say, you remind me, you remind me of like Oliver Miller, and RC probably reminds me of Pat Ben. Yeah, sure. Oliver sure. Miller. Okay, sure. good. You one. know who you remind Much me more of? Handsome than Pat Beverly. Don't you ever? Say Zion, you know who you remind maybe? me of, Dan? Nobody. Who? Nobody. There you Come go. Nobody. That was it. I guess the only non-hooper here. <laughs> He's got nothing. All right. He gave me nobody. You could have said <laughs> that. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Turn your click up, dog. Turn them up. Turn. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NFL Live. We are just four days until the trade deadline at 4 p.m. on Halloween. Jeff Darlington back with us, who's going to be changing their costume here. The Jets' Dalvin Cook said yesterday, <laughs> Jeff, uh, that he wanted to talk to his agent and also Jets' GM Joe Douglas about the possibility of a trade. He only has 39 carries for 109 yards, no touchdowns. What's right. the latest there? Yeah, Hannah, Dalvin Cook has been very honest about the fact that he is frustrated with his workload with the Jets. And uh, from what I'm told, the Jets are willing to listen and potentially move him. Now, he did sign a deal worth $7 million, $5.8 million guaranteed. And I will point out when he was a free agent in the offseason, surprisingly didn't merit that much interest. So right now, they're not really getting any calls. Maybe that changes in the next four days. Uh, Dalvin Cook frustrated, the Jets willing, but ultimately no movement just yet. Derrick Henry uh, has not expressed his frustration by any means. Instead, still very impactful for the Titans, but there is some wonder whether they'd move Derrick Henry because he is in the final season of his contract. But right now, they're not getting much interest, and I do not sense that this is going to be a trade that does happen. I feel like the Titans are still committed to Henry, and he too is happy to be there. Saquon Barkley, a similar situation. He was asked about the possibility of being traded, expressed that he wants to remain with the Giants. A day later, Brian Dable, the head coach and general manager Joe Shane, approached Barkley and made sure that he knew that they have no intentions of trading him whatsoever. So it does appear that Barkley uh, is among those three who will also stay put with his team. He has said he wants to be a giant for life. Jeff, thanks. And an update new on NFL Live is something Jeff was speaking about at the top of our show. The Arizona Cardinals are listing quarterback Kyler Murray as doubtful for Sunday's game against the Ravens. He was taken off the injury report. He participated in practice this week, is fully healthy, but according to Shefty, listed as doubtful to return. All right, on to the Jaguars. They turn it around in London. They come into Sunday's matchup against the Steelers on a four-game winning streak. But that Steelers defense will provide a tough test for Trevor Lawrence. He has struggled against the Blitz this season as he's completed only 50% of his passes. That's actually the worst mark in the NFL. Mm. Certainly could be an issue when you look at the Steelers' defense. They blitz at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. They has also allowed the third lowest completion percentage when blitzing. Okay, Swagu. So how do you see the Jags trying to game plan against that pressure from Pittsburgh? First and foremost, stay out of third and long. They have a dude that is always Halloween on that defensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 90, T.J. Watt. So Travis Etienne, to me, is the most important player when we start talking about what Jacksonville needs to do. That's whether you run screens into some of these pressures, try to get the ball out of your hands quickly to him with some space because he's a dynamic runner after the catch. But do not let this game become a third and long game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is where teams run into so much trouble because these guys affect the game immediately when you get into those situations and you limited playbook-wise. So for Trevor Lawrence, 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense and Doug Peterson, who I'm sure understands this. They need to have Travis Etienne be the guy that touches the ball a lot in order to make up for some of those pressures and also staying out of long down and distance. I, I love their 13 run package in Jacksonville. One back, three tight ends. We think of Doug Peterson and we right think here, Jacksonville's yep. offense is like this run and gun chucking all over the place. It's not. Doug Peterson wants to run the football and they, he wants to put multiple tight ends on the field to do it. I think it's, that's going to be the challenge for Pittsburgh's defense is when they get into those 13 personnels and run it, it's not just like they're getting in there and it's a very easy run game. There are multiple run schemes that they're going to throw at you. I think the second thing is bunch distribution or stack distribution. They do a really good job of lining in a formation, motioning out of it, and kind of creating options for Christian Kirk. And then I think the third thing is Trevor Lawrence's legs. They've really become a big part of his game. And for a defense that likes the blitz, if there's going to be seams, we saw it last night with Josh Allen and his touchdown run. When it's there, he doesn't hesitate to take off. Mm -hmm. Well, Dan took my thought, and never in my long-legged life did I think he'd do that, being that we have a rundown that says Ryan is going to talk about Trevor Lawrence's legs I, I next. I was but when you look him. at what he was able to do against the New Orleans Saints, that's an extremely – that's a big deal, right? It's a big deal with what he was able to do against the New Orleans Saints who ended up not putting pressure on Trevor Lawrence, who didn't get sacks. And when you're playing yeah. against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to know that that's on the way. You have to look out for Alex Highsmith, for T.J. Watt, whether they bring full pressure or they add five and get into the fire zone blitz especially with the way a guy like Joey Porter is ascending on the back end and now being able to move Patrick Peterson into the slot, have him inside the numbers along with Mika Fitzpatrick. The way that the Pittsburgh Steelers play defense is try to get you in third and long and then make plays. The counter to that is exactly what Dan says. It's Trevor Lawrence's legs, which I think is an underrated part of his yeah. game, but has shown up huge for the Jacksonville Jaguars especially the last four weeks. We could just say great minds think alike, though, yeah. right? Rather, than you, rather than you stole my, my I mean, you could. Yeah. I stole my um, thought. Except for when he said I look like, they except don't for when he no said I look mind. like Pat Bill. Oh, play like. I don't look like Pat Bill. Play like. Play like. He's got that intensity, mm -hmm. that play fire. Style. Come on, yeah. man. Play style. You Come on. Yeah. I do have a question. And that's how my face got to look when I got intensity. I don't want it. I, I do have a question. All <laughs> honesty. Yes. Is this the he closest got that or is like that RC. situation the closest that we see Trevor Lawrence to when it comes to like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Burrow is in Lamar is, is those situational backbreaking runs like the last two or three weeks that's become a prevalent part of his game. RC for me is like is that the closest he's gotten to when it comes to that conversation. Yeah, and, and the thing is this, though. If we go back to Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, the zone read was viable because yeah. Trevor Lawrence was exciting with his legs. He was explosive. Think about some of those college football playoffs where you're sitting back and saying, okay, look at Trevor Lawrence pick up this first down, or Trevor Lawrence escaping and buying time. I think it's just taking him, taking him a little while to understand how important or vital that was to him in the NFL. And yeah. now when yeah. you look at a guy like Doug Peterson, who is actually run heavy, 
Now adding that part to Trevor Lawrence's game, I think we start to get into seeing some of the half rolls and the boots and some of the things you see from a Kyle Shanahan-like offense giving Trevor Lawrence that option. Yeah, yeah I mean, really for good reason. He's kind of a it season It changes behind. in a week, too. What yeah. did you say, Swaggoo? It, 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 changes, it changes in a week, fellas. Yeah. Remember, when they went into the Saints game, that knee injury was playing a big part. Mm, so I'm right. sure that that pass rush was a little willy-nilly. Mm. This, this week, after you saw what he did, you paying attention to him getting out of the gate. And they got guys that can track him with Pittsburgh. Yeah, had that big knee brace on, played with one for the first yes. time. All right, so we are all on one side, except for RC, who finally, last I couple of weeks, he's picked, picked against the Steelers. I love that you picked them. But this time, I love he that is you finally them. picking <laughs> his yeah. team. Yes. Yeah, welcome home. What does that mean? That's because you, you got to prove it to home. me, Hannah. <laughs> time now they got to prove it to me. Time now Let's for go. DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parley. Yeah, the pressure's on you, Steelers. All right, over under 235 and a half yards in the air for Trevor Lawrence, RC. You know what? I think it's going to be under. For what Marcus said, Travis Etienne has to be a huge part of this game on both first and second down. And I believe they'll get the football out of his hands on third, or he'll use his legs to pick up some of those first downs. So I'm going to say under, but that doesn't mean he doesn't play well. Etienne's been on fire the last three weeks. Over, under, 61 and a half rushing yards for him. I think over. This is the guy that's putting the football in the end zone two times a game. If you look over the last three or four weeks, he has an explosive ability to his running style. And Doug Peterson understands how important he'll be in protecting Trevor Lawrence from this great Steelers pass rush. I'm going to go over for Travis ATN. Okay, and over under 53 and a half receiving yards for George Pickens. Over. They've been making a concerted to get George Pickens the ball. And when you give him attempts and targets, he usually finds ways to come up with the football. This dude is an immense talent, someone who we see emerging at the wide receiver position. And who the else hell is Kenny Pickett going to throw it to anyway? Over for George Pickens. Averaging 18 and a half yards a reception. Good point there. All right, still to come, two high-powered defenses and the Rams and the Cowboys meet on Sunday. CY Swagoo says a key to a Rams victory will occur on the line of scrimmage. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFL Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. You in the bed sleeping? Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, and the only ticket company where you earn rewards with every purchase. Time now for some Week 8 locks and keys. Colts hosting the Saints on Sunday. Rematch of Super Bowl 44. Saints coming off a loss to Jacksonville. Have dropped four of their last five. As now it is time for locks and keys. Swagoo, who is lock? What is the lock for this game? I have to believe that the New Orleans Saints defensive line will generate more pressure with four this week than they were able to do against Trevor Lawrence. We just talked about Trevor Lawrence getting out and using his legs. But between Cam Jordan and Granderson and in the side, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, uh, Malcolm Jr., 
I think this team needs to generate pressure with four. We saw them be compromised heavily against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the back end. I think they take it personally this week and get after Mitchell. Okay, RC, give us a key. And to, yeah, and to me, a key in this game is getting Alvin Kamara started in the run game for the New Orleans Saints. You saw what Jerome Ford was able to do for the Cleveland Browns before he was injured last week. Alvin Kamara was huge in the past against the Jaguars, but they haven't gotten that ground game going, which hasn't helped Derek Carr in this past game. It looks stagnant without being able to... Alvin Kamara gets going, and now the defense is paying attention to him. Maybe they can beat the Colts over the top when Derek Carr can use his arm to push the football down the field. I love that little pause every time with RC's video. We're all like, okay, time now to take a look at our picks. Guys, this is good news. This is a split. RC and Swaggy are on the Colts. Dan and I are on the Saints because, I mean, Gardner Minshew has eight turnovers in the last few games. I'm just saying. Vegas is nearly split, too. I just game. went out. It's a good game. I, they put they put up 35 still against Cleveland's defense mm. last week. And I the Saints have been struggling to score a touchdown. That yeah. was the only reason I took the goal. All right. All right. Uh, they're a one-point favorite. Uh, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson left week seven at Indy, taking a hard hit, stayed out despite clearing concussion protocol. Kevin Stefanski said they kept him out for precautionary reasons. P.J. Walker led them on a game-winning drive for the second straight week, and Watson ruled out yesterday with the shoulder injury for their game against the Seahawks, who are favored by three and a half at home. R.C., what do you believe is the lock for this one? I believe the lock is that Geno Smith is going to be under a ton of pressure. When you look at what Jim Swartz has, has done with the Cleveland Browns defense, this year, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Miles Garrett, a defensive player of the year candidate, and sticky coverage on the back end when you think of Denzel Ward, Emerson, and guys like Grant Delpit at the safety position. We watched the game be closed out against the Seattle Seahawks by uh, Cincinnati and their rush. Look for the same to be done with the Cleveland Browns. All right, Dan, the man, what's the key? Yeah, what 12 wins out? And no, not the 12th man in Seattle when it comes to the crowd. The 12 personnel battle. You guys know I love Seattle's 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They're top six in the NFL in it at 6.1 yards per play. Now, the caveat to that, Cleveland's defense is very good defending 12 personnel as well. They are 2.9 yards per play given up. So which one of those is going to win, Seattle's 12 personnel on offense or how well Cleveland defends it? Uh, time now to take a look at our picks for this one. RC, you're going against the grain again, but you're you're saving us from the curse, taking the Browns. What a teammate. What a teammate. Yes, <laughs> taking one. Been, well, that's because the Browns are hey. going to play big-time D. Okay. Big-time defense, Browns. Let's go. Hard to argue with that. That would be mind huge win, man, on the road. It. All right, the Rams are at the Cowboys meet for the sixth time in seven seasons. You might have seen it this week, but the Rams released kicker Brett Maher. He missed three kicks in the loss to Pittsburgh. Dallas so last played in week six when they beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Dan the man, what is the lock for this one? The lock is whatever nickel corner plays better, that team wins. And I'm talking about Kobe Durant versus Jordan Lewis. So often we're going to hear the big names in this game, rightfully so. But this game's going to come down to CeeDee Lamb versus Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They are often going to be playing in the slot. Kobe Durant is the slot corner for Los Angeles. Jordan Lewis, the slot corner for the Dallas Cowboys. Whoever plays better, that team will win. I love that. Marcus, what's the key? 
this Rams offensive line. Matthew Stafford is top 10 in QBR when he's not pressured. He's the bottom. He's the lower tier, 26th in the league when he is pressured. But it's not just about protecting man for man and being able to lock your guys up and pass rush. It's also when Dan Quinn is drawing up some of these pressures, being able to communicate it at the line of scrimmage to keep Matthew Stafford clean. Matthew will figure out where to go with the football. Yeah. The only time you see him get in trouble with turnovers or making bad decisions is when he's rushed in his operation. All right, time now to take a look at our picks for this game. We're all in the Cowboys, which probably makes you very nervous, Swagoo, right? Oh, man. Yeah, that's nerve-wracking. <laughs> I know. It is. This secondary going to have their hands full if they can't rush the pass. We're picking all the games that are, like, tough yes. games to really yes, decide yes. on. Hey, wait. I, I got I to gotta play this for you. Yeah. You especially will appreciate this. All right. Rams coach Sean McVay is also a brand-new dad, right, as yes. of Tuesday. So we spoke to the media earlier today about his new reality. Take a listen. You seem a little, for a Friday, tired. I'm getting caught up, you know. I mean, everything that went on this week, I got way behind. So, still have a lot of work to do. But um, the lack of sleep earlier on in the week, I've taken pretty good care of myself for the most part this year, and <laughs> that is real when you lose it, you know. So, that's where that's what you're sensing for me right now. <laughs> Jordan, John, McVeigh. I mean, Dan. Welcome to yeah, the club. He's going to lose more. <laughs> Yeah, they ain't going to get me. You got more. And they ain't going to – sleep is no longer a part of the game. Put some tape on the eyelids, girl. He's, he's worried after one week. You should have oh, yeah. planned for the offseason, homie. Or yeah. you got a kid in college and you for don't the sleep. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. You don't sleep when they're really? in college. He was on that Phillip Rivers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 you got to play it better, Sean. How do you like that? We're going to check in with AI. Y'all always do this before Fantasy Insights with IBM Watson X with a high projection of 23.1 fantasy points. Pollard is uh, the number two running back this week, only one-tenth of a point behind Jameer Gibbs. That will cause you to lose sleep. All right, coming up, the Niners have lost two in a row. They're losing sleep, too. They went undefeated at the start of the season. RC talks about their defense. Can they possibly control Jamar Chase and the Bengals? You're watching NFL Live, presented by Wingstop. NFL Live is presented by Wingstop. Bring the flavor. Ooh, this is such a good way to finish up our show at the game of the week, the Bengals at the Niners. But will Brock Purdy, who's lost his last two starts, will he be available back at practice yesterday? He was there today as well, but limited. He has not yet cleared concussion protocol. If he can't go, as you know, it's going to be Sam Darnold at the helm, who has started six games for Carolina last year and actually went sneakily four and two. As for the other quarterback in this game, uh, there are reports out of Cincinnati that Joe Burrow has been taking more snaps under center. Dan, what would that mean if he's able to do that? What is, what is this? this? I don't is know. I saw I see or Marcus do snaps. this years ago, so I thought it made is sense. Is that snaps uh, under center? That All right. That that that's what you do them. at a poetry slam. That, that, that. Oh. <laughs> poetry <Okay>. slam. <laughs> Dan, yeah. Joe Burrow. That Joe changes Burrow. everything if Joe Burrow is capable of going yes. under center. And they weren't because of the calf. This is why. 
The cap not only impacted Joe, it impacts everybody on the offense. The job for the offensive line was made harder. Joe Mixon's job was made harder. The receiver's job was made harder. I know this is never going to be the identity of Cincinnati, nor should it. Joe loves to see the full picture being in the gun and spread out. But if they can do this six or eight times, it it allows them to do the one thing they can't right now, get explosive plays. It's the only way Mm. to do it right now, okay? So if they can do that, not only specifically to Sunday, but moving forward, it helps their offense immensely. Meanwhile, that 49ers defense left right, something I'm... to be desired uh, Monday yeah. night, Swagoo, against the Vikings. How do you see them trying to bounce back against the Bengals? Yeah, I'm going to take you all the back when me and RC was in college together, okay? And this is what happens, right? You get ready to go out, you teammates. You get ready to go out, but the big teammates always take longer than the little <laughs> teammates. They get ready before you do, because you got to find the <laughs> outfit that actually fits you for whatever you weigh that week. And I'm going to tie this together. The secondary for the San Francisco 49ers has been in these games saying, what the hell is taking so long for this defensive line to get to the quarterback? They are not used one. to covering this long. You can see it on tape. You can literally see it on tape when you watch them. they like, what is going on, bro? Usually, we are able to play super aggressive because we know that clock is ticking for the quarterback. And it starts with the interior guys in my mind. Teams have done all they can to eliminate Nick Bosa from wrecking games. So Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, them little dudes back there in the secondary are waiting on y'all to get dressed and ready so they can go to the club, okay? Y'all need to get them there this week. RC, how long did it take Marcus to get ready uh, before going out? Just curious. <laughs> it ain't take it ain't take none of us that long because we ain't have no money. So we had like three outfits to pick from, so it didn't really matter. But when you think about when you think about these teams, here is here is like the, the bigger issue too. When you see that they can't get a rush, now Steve Wilkes is blitzing, playing zero, playing man to man. And on Monday night, Jordan Addison ran away from these defenders like Jada Pinkett Smith running away from marriage responsibilities. And so they're going to have to try to figure out how do they stop Jamar Chase when you couldn't stop a guy like Jordan Addison, especially with the way Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor are now moving him around <laughs> into different spots in the formation Why with different route combinations. Why do you always do this? Why do you always do this at the RC, end they, of the show? They in the entanglements. There are they having the entanglements. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.